Well, that was amazing. I love the kids of our church. And dads, happy Father's Day. Hope you're having a wonderful day. Hope you had breakfast in bed or maybe you're even having it right now. Uh, please do enjoy that bacon and eggs or whatever you like to have. Um, hope you have a great day. Today's a really special day for me. Uh, I get to honour my son Elijah. It's his first Father's Day. Congratulations, Bethany and Elijah. Beautiful little baby. And uh, my sixth grandchild. I'm tracking down the mans. Tracking you down, Andrew. I think you've got eight. I've got six now, mate. They're coming after you. <laughs> uh, the more the merrier. I'm pretty sure Andrew would agree with that. Well, I love Father's Day and I think it's very, very special. And um, reason why is because I think if I could actually verbalise one of my greatest desires for our church, Strong Nation Church, is that every child, every young person would have the opportunity to grow strong into strong adults who would carry the presence of God and the will of God in their lives. And uh, we would see such a strong generation raised. And uh, so that they in turn would form their own strong generation after them. And God's method for that is parenting. God's method to make sure that happens is all about mums and dads. Well, it's Father's Day. And uh, of course, I think very highly. I don't think anyone thinks more highly of mothers than I do. And I think women are amazing. And I think what you do is unbelievable. But today's Father's Day. So I'm gonna be talking to fathers and it uh, doesn't mean I'm excluding mothers, but I just wanna focus on the dads today. You know, I think about the Ten Commandments, uh, not the movie, Charlton Heston, legend, um, but the actual Ten Commandments that God uh, put together for his nation, Israel, so that they would get close to him. He wanted them close to him. So he put up these things that if they did that, they could be close, but it was more than just that. It was so that the nation of Israel could be strong, that it would be a, a long time in the land that he wanted to give them, that it would last, because he wanted them to be fruitful, to multiply, subdue the earth. That was the original command. And uh, that's what his intention was for Israel. That's what the Ten Commandments were all about. However, you know, they became a burden to mankind and man turned them into a burden, weighed us down so that we actually, we, we couldn't get them. We, could, we couldn't do them. Thank the Lord that he sent his son Jesus who fulfilled the law in us, fulfilled the Ten Commandments in us. And um, so we no longer rely on those Ten Commandments for our salvation, but we rely on Jesus Christ. But when you think about what he wrote in those 10 commandments, it's pretty amazing. He said, don't love anyone more than you love me. Don't make statues to worship. Don't misuse God's name. Remember to rest one day a week. Honour your mum and your dad. Don't murder, don't sleep around, don't steal, don't lie, and don't wish you had something that belongs to someone else. They're the Ten Commandments. Well, today, I wanna focus in on the fifth. The fifth, I'm gonna plead the fifth today. And uh, it's a very, very special uh, verse. And in Exodus chapter 20, verse 12 says this, honour your father and your mother, <coughs> excuse me, so that you may live long in the land and the Lord your God, uh, that, the, that your Lord your God is giving you. Honour your mother and father, and then comes this promise. Re-emphasising the reason why he wants them to do this. Now, 
I've actually preached it this way, that children should learn to obey. But I don't think the onus is actually on the children here. I think the onus is on the parents. Teach your children to honour. If you teach them this, the days of Israel will be great and it will be long in the land I wanna give them. They will always be strong if you just teach them this. Well, I actually think on Father's Day, it's really appropriate to look at this because today we are uh, God's people, just like Israel was when he wrote the 10 Commandments. Paul himself makes it very clear that we are all children of Abraham. So therefore, this applies to us. He wants us to flourish. He wants us to subdue the world. Well, I like to explain, uh, to explain that as expand his kingdom, invite more people into it, see more people blessed, see more people flourishing in God's kingdom. And he wants us to be strong. And I believe the church and the families within church should all be strong. I think that's his will. Now, not perfect, none of us are perfect, but he wants us to be strong. And uh, this here is an important part. And today here on Father's Day, I wanna look at what our role is in this. Dads, you have a huge role in this. Teaching your children to honour, teaching them so that they would grow up to be strong adults, so that they themselves will form strong families and strong children in themselves. It's a whole parenting thing. I want us to look at 1 Corinthians chapter four. And we're gonna look at verse 14 and 15. You've got to understand the Corinthian church, the New Testament church. Uh, it's quite, quite uh, popular, this church, because of all of its wrong things it did, its, its misdeeds. Uh, there was a lot going on there. there. There was a Greek church. There were a lot of arguments going on in it. There were philosophers, you see. And, but there was immorality and fighting and what have you. And Paul had to address them. He said, there's something not right here. It's not the way God intended it. So he says to them in verse 14, I do not write these things to shame you, but as my beloved children, I warn you. For though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers. Could that be said about the modern day world? You have hundreds and hundreds of instructors, thousands, millions of instructors. You have the ability to um, communicate like no one else in history. You've never been more educated than what we are in this generation. We've got so many opportunities, but yet fatherlessness is one of the huge issues that we face in our modern world. Yeah, there's so much to like about our society. It is wonderful, especially the technologies, Oh, it's, it's the freedoms, they're great. But the, the residue of fatherlessness is unmistakable. And I feel as though it's the church's responsibility to hold this one and say, come on, let's make a difference. Let's do what we can do. It's our turn. It's what we do that makes a difference. And dads, I'm calling on us today. I'm calling on us to stand up as fathers, and um, I've told this message, fathers in this kingdom. I'm gonna ask you, would you stand up and become one of the fathers in this kingdom? Not only to your own children, of course, your own children primarily, yes. But there's a generation of young people who are coming through, who we can put our arm around and say, hey, it's okay, we've got you. We're gonna see you flourish. That's what this is all about. I wanna work through this passage of scripture and, and um, see how this amazing generation 
can be impacted by us. Our children, our grandchildren, those who are far off, the promise which was given to them, if you read Acts chapter two, the promises for you, your children, and those that are far off, we actually can make a difference. And I wanna talk about how we can do that, the role that we play, dads. Like Paul said, church, you don't have many fathers, you have plenty of instructors, but you don't have many fathers. And I believe what God wants us to be is that role, that role model. Let's look at it. verse 14. I do not write these things to shame you, but as my beloved children, I warn you. Our job is not to shame, but to warn. I remember one night I couldn't get to sleep and I was many, many years ago now, many years ago. And uh, so I was just flicking through the channels. Back then I think we had four channels. And uh, there's a black and white movie on. It was interesting. It was, it was an old boarding school, a boys' school. And the hall was full of these young men in their, in their school uniforms with their ties. And, and um, what was happening was an old teacher was retiring and they were bringing a new teacher in. And they introduced the new teacher and the boys cheered and it was like, yay, a big roar came. And then they announced the man and introduced the man who was retiring. He was an old teacher, very old school, very hard, very you know, um, proper, unrelenting. And as they introduced this man, it was silent. Not a pin drop could be heard. He walks to the podium and he looks at these young men who had previously been roaring with cheer but to him they were silent. And you see a look of contemplation come on his face and I'll never forget the gist of what he said. Along these lines he said, young men I'd like you to forgive me. To raise and care for and build young lives is the highest call and I forgot that. Wow, I sat there, my jaw dropped, wow. This man had an opportunity to build strong men, but he spent his whole career chastising them to a point where they may have respected him, but he didn't build them. I think our role is to build. That's what we do, we are builders. We are the ones who get to see young men and young women flourish. And that's our role, not to shame them, not to bring them down, I'm very careful, never ever use a sarcastic joke on my children because it can undermine and kneecap the, their growth because we're building someone great. That is our role. We're not demolishers, we're builders. Don't embarrass your children, dads. Don't embarrass them. One Corinthians, uh, sorry, Colossians chapter three, verse 21 says this. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger lest they become discouraged. The word discouraged actually could mean disheartened or spiritless. I don't want my kids to be like that. We get to warn them and we get to build them. I remember many years ago, I was running a drawing office and I had an apprentice. His name was Ashley and uh, if you are familiar with the Beverly Hillbillies, he was Jethro. And um, he's a funny, funny young man. He, he, he loved to be the clown. And he's actually a very good draftsman too. And uh, I had a responsibility of training him in his, in his craft. And one day, the big boss, the owner of the company, walks into the drawing office with some really big, high-profile executive clients. And 
Ashley's timing was not very great. He clowned around and it was horrible. Embarrassing, embarrassing the owner. And um, I, I just didn't know what to do and they all left. And then I called him aside and I begin to strip him to pieces. How dare you? Do you realise, you idiot? Then I just went off at him, feeling good about myself. And he's got, oh, Rick, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. He's a good young man. About a half hour later, my supervisor just said, Rick, you got a minute? Call me into his office. He heard what had gone on. And I'm feeling very justified because this young man needed to be taught right. And my supervisor, Jeff, Jeff Bassford, a great man, is a Vietnam veteran. He said, close the door. So I closed the door and he says, Rick, I heard what, what went on with Ashley. I said, yeah, expecting to be credited for something good, you know. And he says, Rick, you had an opportunity to build a young man today, but all you did was demolish him. Oh, crack. Yes, of course he made a mistake but I missed an opportunity to build him. I shamed him when I should have warned him. I should have shown him the errors and how not to do that next time so he knew not to do it next time and what to do. Fathers, don't shame. Let's be warners, let's warn. Maybe not a shame warner. <laughs> oh, yeah. 1 Corinthians 4, 15. For though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers in Christ Jesus. I have begotten you through the gospel. Next thing is, our job is to beget. What's beget mean? Beget actually means to be fathered or to sire or begotten. And um, I think it's a word of ownership. I think it's a word, Paul actually hadn't given birth to these guys or fathered them with his own seed? No, but he'd taken ownership. He'd taken responsibility for them. And I think us as fathers, that's one of the most important keys because another way of saying this is we are eternally linked. It's a bit like what the heavenly father's done for us. It says that we've received a spirit of adoption. That's what it means. He's begotten us. We are now eternally linked with him. And I think this is a good mindset for fathers to be looking at that, do you know what? My son's not just a mistake that came along. No way. He's God's plan. My daughter's not just a, you know, not someone who just came along and just happened to have her. No, 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 no. She's part of God's plan. And he's put them in your care. Wow. I'm going to take ownership of that. I'm going to grab hold of that because I have a destiny within them that I can play, take part in. Take ownership of their destiny. Take ownership of their dreams. Laugh with them. Cry with them. Go through things with them. That's what a begotten does. Verse 16. Therefore I urge you, imitate me, Paul says. You know what? We can give them someone to imitate. You know, children will always imitate. They will always do it. You see them dressed like their favourite footy star or their rock star or something like that. But the one you want them imitating the most is you. And I think our responsibility is to give them something good to imitate. They're always going to follow you around and take on parts of your traits. I remember when I was a young dad and I think Judah would have been around about three or four years old. 
and I was out whippersnipping. I had the goggles on and I've <clears throat> got this big thing on a strap and I'm whippersnipping. Out of the corner of my eye, I see this little thing behind me. It's a little boy. And he's put some goggles on and he's got a little plastic golf stick and he's... And he's whippersnipping right behind me everywhere I went. And I remember once um, we had this in-ground spa. It was more like a swamp. And um, I'm whippersnipping around it. And out of the corner of my eye again, I see this leg come up into the air. And Judah was head first into this spa to pull him out. Ah. You know what? I, I realised something. That little boy's going to follow me. And if I go into dangerous areas, he'll follow me into that. If I go into ways that aren't right, he'll follow me into that. I'm going to have to pull him out. I've got to live a life that can be imitatable. I no, long, I no longer just live for me. I've got six little grandchildren are going to be looking at Papa. How does Papa respond to things? Let me tell you, Papa's going to have a lot of fun with grandkids. I know Grammy does. So important because they are watching the message that we are portraying. Yes, Dad, the messenger is the message. And we carry that with us. They're watching us all the time. There's a poem by a guy called Avlik Demon. I'm going to try and read it to you. There are little eyes upon you, and they are watching night and day. There are little ears that quickly take in every word you say. There are little hands all eager to do everything you do, and a little boy who's dreaming of the day he'll be like you. You're the little fellow's idol, you're the wisest of the wise. In his mind about you, no suspicions ever rise. He believes in you devotedly, holds that all you say and do. He will say and do in your way when he's grown up like you. There's a wide-eyed little fellow who believes you're always right and his ears are always open and he watches day and night. You are setting an example every day in all you do for the little boy who's waiting to grow up to be just like you. You know, the words, I can't hear you for seeing who you are, are words you don't ever want your children to be thinking about you. Instead, you want to be saying, my dad showed me that. My dad taught me to walk that way. You know, I think about the whole issue we have in our society about men not honouring women. You know where they learn that from, don't you? It's dads. We are the ones who can be the solution for this, dad. You know, the Proverbs 31 talks about this amazing woman. Oh, she's incredible. Right at the end of it, it says a couple of things. It actually says that her husband lifts her up and builds her up and actually he he, he sits amongst the gates. He's a pretty cool dude. He sits with all the elders of the gates, the, 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 the heads of the town. But it says right at the end of the, the proverb, it actually says, her children rise up and call her blessed. And what they say at the gates I, about her, I say amen. Who sits at the gates? Father. Where do the kids actually hear how blessed she is? From dad. Dad, he's the one who compliments her. He's the one who says how beautiful he is. He's the one who honours the woman in their life. I think it's important. So when you say I love you to your wife, yes, yeah, that's wonderful for her. 
But your kids have got to hear this because I want them to grow up to love their mother and to love women and honour them the same. Imitate me, Paul says. Verse 17. For this reason I have sent Timothy to you, who is my beloved and faithful son in the Lord. I've sent you Timothy, my son. You know, we get to send them into their destinies. We get to launch them. We are the ones who hold them in our hands. Psalm 127, my favourite Psalm, 127, verses 3 and 5. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruits of the womb are a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Verse 5. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. They shall not be shamed but shall speak with their enemies in the gates. What a beautiful, beautiful view. They're not ashamed, they're not scared. They're strong, they're powerful. They are arrows in the hands of the father and mother. Arrows are to be launched. They don't remain in the quiver. They are to be used. They are to be propelled into what they were made for. And that's what these children have. We don't hold them. We don't just, oh, work it out yourself, son. You'll be fine. No, 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 no. We help them with their plans. We encourage them. Amen. We get them on that launch pad. One of the biggest honours I've had with my, my three eldest sons is the day they got married and I had the honour of, of performing their wedding ceremony. And oh, to me, that's so special because I get to launch them. I get to be right there hearing and leading them through their vows. It's so special for me. I've got two more to go, by the way. Hurry up, Song. Just joking. <laughs> Verse 17, again. For this reason I've sent Timothy to you, who is my beloved and faithful son in the Lord, who will remind you of my ways in Christ, as I teach everywhere and at every church. We get to show them the ways of Christ. This is an important role. We are called to be priests in our homes, Dad. That's what we are. This whole God thing is meant to be passed down through the fathers. That's how it works. That's God's way of doing it. Don't rely on the preacher. Rely on the dad. This is you. You get to show them the way God works, the way God thinks, the nature of God. That's our role. Deuteronomy chapter 6, talking about the Ten Commandments. This is God's instruction after the Ten Commandments. Deuteronomy 6 verse 6. And these words which I command you today shall be in your hearts. Dads, they should be in your hearts. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk to them when you sit in your houses, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. In other words, all the time. You shall bind them as signs on your hands in what you do and on the frontlets of your eyes. In other words, your forehead, in what you think your mindsets, you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. We're showing them the ways of Christ, that's what we do. Forgiveness, love, acceptance, grace. When they're flowing through our lives, we have responsibility to make sure that we're showing our children this is how Christ wants, it, wants us to be. We get to apprentice them in being men and women of God. That's what we do. Verse 18, now some are puffed up as though I were not coming, 
but I will come to you shortly if the Lord wills. Our job is to turn up, be there, be present. Dads, your presence is important. Oh, the amount of times that dads have been around but not present. I've talked to countless young, especially young men. Where's my dad? He doesn't talk to me, he's not present. Now I understand there's a lot of pressures. There's a lot of distractions in our lives. But I think we need to make a concerted effort to be present, to be available, to be with them in church, sitting with them, with them at the game. How many times I had young boys say, oh, dad never came to the game. Does he understand? You see, little boys, they are developing this question within them and that is, do I have what it takes? Every young man has this little question coming up within them. Dad, you can be the one that says, see son, You've got what it takes. You can be that guy because you were there. You were there when they sang. You were there when they performed, when they did that backflip. You were there. Oh, son, you've got what it takes. You know, every little girl, she wants to know how valuable she is. She wants to know that she's worth it. See a little girl, new little dress and she does twirls. Look at me, daddy, look at me, look at me, look at me, daddy. Look at her dad and be amazed at the beauty that's in that child. Be amazed at how intelligent she is. Be amazed that she is so worth it. If you're present, that's what comes out of you. I know you love your children, let it pour out of you. Let them feel it, let them see it, amen? You know, I remember once I woke up to a radio announcer just making this, I'll never forget it. He said, and studies show that children would prefer to have quantity time than quality time with their father. Well, because we've always been told it's all about the quality of time, right? No, 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 they don't care about the quality. They just want quantity. They just want you there all the time until they're teenagers. <laughs> Dad, can you drop me off around the corner? <laughs> but um, quantity time, lots of it. I remember reading a story about a guy who's, uh, dad was a really good dad and he loved him greatly and he always, he always used to talk about this day that dad you know, spent the whole day with him and went camping. And um, it was amazing. He, he, and this, this guy was a preacher and he used to preach about this day. The dad, so many stories he'd preach on, you know. Then one day his dad passed away and, and uh, they were going through his things and they found the diary and they said, oh, what was that date? Let's find it. So they found the date in his diary of that, that, that camping trip. And it said this, went camping with my boy today. It was a day, I could have been doing a lot more things, it was a day wasted. And everybody said, whoa, how'd you feel when you read that? He considered a day wasted? He goes, well, I think about my dad, that he loved me enough to waste a day for me. Wow. And I think that's how kids think. That dad would waste all that time with me? I think we need to get very good at wasting time with our kids. In fact, here we are, still in lockdown. (laughs) What a beautiful opportunity to waste some time with our children. I think it's great. Waste lots of time with them. Build lots of, I remember my greatest... Um, time used to be spent building Lego towers just so that 
Jesse and Judah, little boys could just push it over and wreck it. They thought it was great. Duplo up to here and then we'd build it. And they had more fun knocking it down than we did building it. It was a waste of time. And I loved wasting that time with them. Verse 19. But I will come to you shortly if the Lord wills and I will know not the word of those who are puffed up, but the power. For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. We show them the power of the kingdom actively in our lives. My dad walks with God. My dad prays. My dad listens to God and he finds answers. My dad didn't get scared because he has faith. My dad knows that God's always with him. Come on, dad. This is our call to stand up and be men of faith. Not be shrinking back at difficult times. Not to be saying, oh, how terrible this. No, no, no. We stand up and we say, God's got this. We're walking forward with this. God will turn all things together for good because we love him and we are called according to his purpose. That's what dads understand the power of God in their lives and they walk in it every day. Like I said before, we are called to be priests. We walk in that power. We walk in his wisdom, not my wisdom. Oh, I don't have enough wisdom, but I have his wisdom, his knowledge, his understanding, his power, his forgiveness, his grace. I'm constantly saying, oh God, I'm gonna need your grace here. And do you know what? He pours it out in spades. Dads, let's show the power of the kingdom. And verse 21, what do you want? Shall I come to you with a rod or in love and a spirit of gentleness? We do this with a spirit of gentleness. Remember those arrows in your hand? They're quite, they're quite easy to break. You'd easily break an arrow, but they're powerful. We've got to hold them with gentle hands and understand that they're not to be crushed. They're not to be, you know, pressed down. They're meant to be built up. And we do that with gentleness. Dads, don't yell at your kids. I know, I wish I, I, wish I could say that I'd never yelled at my kids. <laughs> oh my goodness. But we're called to be gentle. Remember someone once said, only a man who sees himself as small must yell to have himself heard, but a secure man is heard without a single sound. That's what we're striving for, dads. That we could be that guy who, when we say nothing, we're still heard. Because we're gentle. We understand we've got arm reaching out to them all the time saying, I'll care for you. I'll hold you in my arms if you want that. I'll be beside you if that's what you want. And yes, sometimes we've got to be the iron hand, but we make sure we're in the velvet glove because we don't want to harm these kids. They're our hope, they're our future. Especially in the church. We look around and we see some of these young men and women and uh, some of them are pretty rough. Some of them have had some issues. What they need is gentle men around them, strong, gentle men who will say, it's okay, you're safe here and your, your journey's safe. We're gonna make sure you're okay. That's what we do. Can you believe with me that this amazing generation that God has actually placed us in, 
overseeing this amazing young people, children, babies, teens. Can you believe that God has placed us in this circumstance? This circumstance is something that not many get. But we have an opportunity, Strong Nation Church. Can you believe with me that in the generations to come, maybe when the Lord allows me to leave planet Earth, that a strong generation will take it forward and raise even a stronger one. Well, dads, on Father's Day, I'm calling you. Will you come and be the fathers in this new kingdom? Will you be the ones who take the responsibility? None of what I've spoken about today is easy. None of it's easy. It's all hard, but we do hard. We do it. Why? Because the kingdom would really love that. The kingdom needs it. And we can see a generation that will change the world. We can see them. And we get to mold them, shape them, encourage them, launch them. It's the gentle hands. We hold them with gentle hands, making sure they don't self-destruct and making sure they know their God. That's what we do. Well, I hope this has challenged you in a beautiful way. I hope it hasn't you know, uh, upset your bacon and eggs, or your coffee, tea. I hope it's inspired you. And I wish you the greatest Father's Day that you could ever imagine. I, I pray you uh, enjoy your family. It's a bit difficult in lockdown, but regardless of that, we can find ways to enjoy it anyway. Amen? Let me pray for you. Father, you're amazing. You are the Father. You could have chose to be whatever you want, but you chose to be a Father. Thank you. And Lord, your hand is with us and I thank you for that. Lord, I pray for your will always to be in our lives. And Lord, I lift up every father and every father-to-be right now to you within Strong Nation Church. Lord, would you give us an eye for the generation that is to come? Lord, the one you've asked us to build the one you've asked us to launch. And Father, would you help us walk the way you would want us to walk as fathers? Lord God, we wouldn't feel condemned, but we'd feel inspired right now of what we are able to do. Lord, I thank you for every one of these men. I pray blessing over them, their marriages and their families. I pray favour that only you can bring over them. And Lord God, I pray, Lord God, that as they walk this journey, their children would grow strong and the children within Strong Nation Church would grow strong in the name of our lovely Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, I pray you've had a good time. I pray you enjoyed the gift we sent out to you. I hope it got out to you. If it didn't, could you contact the office and just let us know? We wanna make sure you get our gift, a yummy gift. And I pray you have a great, great day. God bless you. Have an amazing Father's Day.